Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome on in. 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Starting your week off right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, EdinburghNow.com, and the TuneIn app on mobile devices. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate that, regardless of how you're tuning in. I am Tyler Trumbauer. Back once again, it seems to be a while. I don't know whether this was good, bad, or indifferent that we had this break, but Tubby is back in studio with yours truly for the first time since when? Like last Monday? I believe, no. Because I took off last Monday. I was in Harrisburg, as you right. described, special assignment, and I had to clarify that on Tuesday. Right, so it, was me, so it was me and Vic. So that would, be, that would make it Friday. Friday the 6th. So it has been 10 days since the last time you and I were able to do this nonsense together. So for whatever that is worth. I got to admit, I honestly missed you. I, did. I mean, I don't, I'm not surprised. I, I, I didn't, I, it didn't feel right. It felt wrong. Yeah? Yeah, that's just me. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate that. I don't know. I, I don't want to lie, so I'm not going to say anything back. And um, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yep. So we got a lot of sports to talk about. My goodness, did a lot of stuff happen um, over the weekend with Burrow-wise and with um, soccer, even volleyball to touch on as well. And so much to talk about. No Mike Fenner today. Just going to be Tubby and I. Hopefully we will hear uh, from Edinburgh women's soccer coach uh, Gary Kagiavis in this hour. As long as uh, things go according to plan. And no Mike Fenner, Fenner, as I said, he, uh, if you tuned into the broadcast yesterday of women's soccer, was a little bit under the weather. So he was unable to make the broadcast. I had to call that one solo. And he's still trying to recover from his illness. So he's unable to call in today unfortunately, so we hope the best for him and hope that he's ready to go. He's got he's to heal himself because uh, he's got basketball to call on Wednesday as the basketball season opens up at 5.30 Wednesday night in McComb Fieldhouse, the WFSE part of basketball. Of course, women mm-hmm. already got things underway this weekend, and uh, you can hear that right here in 88.9, the home of Borough Basketball. And, of course, before that, we got volleyball on Tuesday night right here, but we'll talk about that in a few matter of moments. So let's... um. First, Tubby, how, how, how have you been? I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I missed you or anything because I, 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 it was an interesting break on the morning after. Well, you um, were probably too busy to miss me. I've, Mike and I were talking about that last night. We've this, I don't even know what to think of the last like 10 days, calling what we called like four games in seven days. And then we went on and called more, we went on and called football. Just not, unbelievable. But what? anything new? Titus Youth football win? Well, the Titus they're Youth, done. yeah, they're done. It's over. So now we moved on to wrestling. Oh, so now it's wrestling. So now Titusville Youth Wrestling yes. is at the forefront. Yes. We're in, uh, right now, we, we can't officially start the season yet, but we're doing uh, open mats and open workouts. Why and, can't you officially start the season? Um, actually, they, I think, believe the high school season starts, official practice starts today. So you follow that rules? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, because they don't have to. We, we don't have to have to, but it's. It's already a long season because the kids will start wrestling um, actual real practice. I believe they start around the 1st of December. And then the season lasts all the way through March with regionals and states in March. Right. So it's a long season. And you're talking kids. Um, I believe the, old, the oldest kids in our, our program right now are like 12 years old, ranging all the way down to 5 and 4 years old. So, I mean, that's a long season for kids that age. It's probably the longest youth season period out of all of them, from football, baseball, 
basketball and the like. So it's rough days for the Titusville youth. They're putting in athletes. work. I mean, I I gotta be I gotta be honest with you. I'm, Are I'm you really a coach? Kind of, yes. Oy. I'm a pretty decent coach. Good luck. You right. wrestle in your day? I did. I didn't wrestle well, but I did wrestle. Oh. It was okay. kind of like your your football career. I was a dang good kicker. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Okay. I mean, maybe as nose guard and, and, and third string fullback, not so much. But kicking and punting, I was the best special teamer that ever walked through those 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 uh Highland halls. Yeah. You don't understand. I anyway. Don't. So let's get to some borough sports here. Uh, we'll start off with football which happened on Saturday because soccer is a long thing to talk about because we got to go back to Friday and the like. So football Saturday, week 11 of the season, the final week of the regular season here in Division Two, And Burrow wrapped things up against Millersville. We went east six hours to play this ball game. Four o'clock kick because of NCAA field hockey match on the same field at noon, and it's funny, Mike and I were sitting in the student union with the football team waiting because it was, it was such a weird day, game day. We normally get up, breakfast, ready to go. We mm-hmm. normally play noon, 1 o'clock. Um, but no, it was you got up, you had a Connell breakfast, you were relaxing. We even had to check out of the hotel and then sit in the hotel for an hour before we went to lunch because we had to check out at 11, but lunch wasn't until noon. It was just such a weird waiting around day, and we finally got to Millersville. And then we sat around there, and Mike and I are following on Twitter the Millersville-Westchester field hockey game. It goes to overtime, of course. Of course. And Westchester ended up winning in that one, so Millersville's season came to an end. But uh, So I had to walk through a bunch of like crying parents trying to get to the press box uh, on Saturday. But anyway, then Borough football kicked things off at 4 o'clock to wrap up its season and not the way they envisioned, really, the season, but this Saturday to go as they fell 31-21 to to the Marauders. Millersville moving to 2-9 and overall. Edinburgh falling to 0-11, the first winless season since 1951 and the seventh winless season in school history. Wow. Yeah, not good. No, I mean, that's not the stat you want to have exiting the season. I mean, I listened to it on the broadcast. I just, I just don't think Edinburgh could really get. They couldn't get in a rhythm. They couldn't get going. Right, and uh, I, I said this a couple times with Mike on Saturday. He asked me when was the turning point of this of this game, and and I said there wasn't one. There was just it was just four quarters of Millersville ha- putting together some drives and some good big plays to score, and Edinburgh unable to do the same. Edinburgh, you have nine first downs. 240 yards of total offense, which is, I think, third worst this year. I know we had like 215 sometime throughout the year. 80 rushing yards. Millersville had 101 rushing yards, and this team is like last in the conference in rushing. Yeah, they're not a running team. They had three rushing touchdowns going into the game. All uh, season. All season, right. And just unfortunately for Burrow, going one for 11 on third downs, isn't going to help you. You have the ball for just 17 minutes. Millersville has the ball for 42 minutes and 51 seconds. That's the most telling stat right there. You can't win football games only having the ball for 17 stinking minutes. I mean, that's a segment of our show. Right. Edinburgh football had, like, total, the entire game, a segment of our show, possession of the football. <clears throat> right. That's ridiculous. Right. 
So uh, Millersville earns their first win in three years against a team not named Cheney. So they've last three years under this new regime, their new coaching staff had three wins going into that game. One in each of the previous two seasons, and then one so far this year. All three of those wins were against Cheney. Of course, Cheney in the Eastern Division, notorious for not having the best football team. They, along with Burrow, are the only two winless teams in the PSAC this year. So Millersville earns their first win against a non-Cheney team. And uh, that 1951 squad I referenced earlier was head coached by Art McComb. Now McComb Fieldhouse named after him. Right. That team finished 0-5-1. So the stat that no one's really talking about now is that Burrow has 11 losses, which is the most losses for any Burrow football team in program history, whether they had a win or not. And that was clinched a few weeks ago, which is why it's not a big stat now, because I think it was with 10 losses, maybe even 9 losses, because as the program progresses and football progresses, they've played more games than they ever have. So they've already clinched the most losses in school history, but that is another note to put on that. Looking at some box scores, getting into statistics, Jack Wallman for Burrow made the second career start in just his second collegiate game. Not as successful as his first outing. 11 for 34, 160 yards through the air, one passing touchdown, two interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown, and he was sacked twice in the game. And uh, Corey Bell, seven touches for 76 yards and one rushing touchdown for Burrow. Darren Massey, three catches for 69 yards, one touchdown. The 61-yard catch and run was basically his entire thing. That was the touchdown down the middle of the field. And Mm -hmm. he was, uh, it took him, I think, he he did not have a catch through the first half. I think it was about five, six minutes into the third quarter until he actually got his first catch of the day. So Millersville did a nice job covering him and the Millersville defensive uh, backs did a great job in a lot of situations a lot of good pass coverage where you thought maybe you know an inexperienced defensive back or a guy not that um, familiar not that experienced not that good you could say familiar um, with the game might get called for a pass interference, might get lazy, might put a, ha- a hand on the receiver grab. They did a great job not doing that. and uh, So a well-disciplined secondary out yeah. of Louisville. Yeah, and uh, Sine Palomalu did a good job, uh, the first cousin of Troy Palomalu. I heard his that. name called a lot. Got in there and uh, messed some things up in the backfield against Burrow. But really, and defensive coordinator Wayne Bradford talked to me afterwards on the bus, I mean, off the record or anything, but, I mean, he was just like, it was two screen passes. All it really was. Cimero Moat, the running back for Millersville, had two catches on the day, 118 yards, both of them resulting in touchdowns, both on screen passes. It was, this, it was a screen pass where, where J.J. Page, the quarterback, rolled right, looked back to his left, Moat's over there, throws it back there. They have a few blockers, and he just goes down the field, and Moat does the rest. And he did that twice, and that's really that's 14 points in a 31-21 ball game, when in reality it's not that. It was 24-14 because Millersville at the end of the game just, just kind of lays down on fourth down, gives the ball back to Burrow. Burrow throws a pick six on the very first play of the next series. Mm-hmm. So then Millersville kicks off, and then Mitch Thomas returns that kick 91 yards. So, I mean, that just inflated the score. But if you but if you take those fourteen points away, I mean it's a different ball game, and really they sh- shouldn't should have taken, you know, twenty one points away because that pick six came in garbage time, as did the 
uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. But nonetheless, Burrow football wraps things up in the season. Uh, Slippery Rock is the PSAC champions again in for the third straight year, and they they demolished Westchester at Westchester. Well, this was like a game of of blowouts, wasn't it? The weekend blowouts. Oh, it was. I yeah. heard you and Mike talking about it on the. There's like f- what five games maybe that were blowouts. Just complete. Well, week domination. eleven, week eleven is just so unnecessary. I mean, it's it's unfortunate to say that because I mean, like IUP had to play last week. The, they beat Cheney, but I think they had to play to cement their chances of making the NCAA tournament, and they made it as a fifth seed um, in the Super Region One bracket. But if they didn't play, I'm not sure they would have had enough on their resume to make the NCAA tournament. You never know with selection committees. But, I mean, they played Cheney. And then the, the, I, guess, I guess my biggest gripe, I don't like Week 11 because you're playing a lot of unnecessary games. Right. But I guess the biggest thing is why are they playing teams that are so far away? Like if I would understand if Edinburgh was playing Gannon or Mercyhurst and they just had to go up I-79, even went and played SRU if SRU wasn't in the championship and was available on Week 11. I'd get that. Okay, but if it I can't Mercyhurst, we stopped at the same rest area on the turnpike as Mercyhurst football did on Friday. Because Mercyhurst was going to Shippensburg and got blown out. So why is Shippensburg not playing like East Stroudsburg? Or why is East Stroudsburg not playing Bloom? Because right. that's pretty close. Why is it so far? Why are we making our second or in our case, our longest trips of the year in week eleven in a game that means absolutely nothing? To in the grand scheme of things, to Millersville, to Burrow, that game meant everything on Saturday night. But in the grand scheme of things, it was inconsequential. Right, because especially the, at four o'clock. Right, because it had already been set. The champion was already crowned by the time we kicked that game off. Right. What was the point of it? Right. Well, I, I I'm with you on that, and I agree with you. I think they should play like the non-conference. They should front load the schedule, right, so that non-conference games are played up front. And then your local conference games, the the West, because we're in the West side, right? The PSAC well, you can West. play, yes. Well, you can play anyone you want in that week eleven. You just end up keeping PSAC schools because then they're going to be willing to change because the two teams that make the PSAC championship, their week eleven opponents, then just agree to play each other instead of not having a game. Okay. Like Cheney, I believe, was supposed to play SRU on this week eleven. But obviously, SRU going to the championship game, Cheney was left. IUP was supposed to play Westchester. Westchester in a championship game, IUP, Cheney play each other. If you play a team from another conference, things get a little dicey then. Because, right. you know, normally when you play a team out of conference, there's a contract involved. You know things are set in stone. So that's why you normally keep them in the conference. The only way you could go in, in the front loaded is if you would have to start your season earlier. But I don't think you're allowed to go that much earlier because there are dates – in, in the bylaws of when you can start camp, when you can do this, when your right. first play date is. So you can't be putting too much in the front end. You know, you have one week and then your PSAC schedule starts. You play two Eastern Division crossovers right away. They don't count for your PSAC record, but they count for your overall record. I mean, I'm not sure if you're allowed to opt out and not play the PSAC, but people do. Especially because two years ago, those games counted for your conference record. She didn't have a choice. Right. So I understand your, 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 your idea, but there's, there's going to be rules saying you can't do that. Yeah, that I just can't do that. Right. Well, that, that's mean. I mean, that's I come up with these apple pie in the sky ideas. And, and have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. And then, and then you bring me back to reality, and that's how this works. Right. So that's how it happens. But nonetheless, they play the game. It's done. It's over with. 
we're good to go there well, on that front. Let me ask you this All before right, before me. we move off. Hit me. Put on your Swami hat here. I don't. What's next for Edinburgh football? How does Edinburgh football move on from here? In your opinion, like what do we do? What do we do to fix the program? <clears throat> I it's not my. That's above my pay grade. Um, that's going to be up to administration in the athletic department, up to the coaching staff. Um, I mean, do you think that there's shakeups going to come, or, or, or would you rather not speculate? I don't know. I mean, it's not my it's not my place to to ponder that. Um, <clears throat> we it's it's tough to go winless. Um, the team, you know, had a had a rough year. Certainly, losing to Millersville. I mean, if you think about it. The only, you're tied if you take the entire conference and, and of, of football teams and you put it together. You were tied as for last with Cheney, who's traditionally not good at football. Right, who's like winless every year. They have an enrollment of 700. They're this close financially to closing their doors. Like it's been talked about. It, articles have been written just as soon as a few days ago. They went to the government. They went to the Apache system saying we need help to stay afloat as an institution. So they obviously have bigger things, bigger problems than football. football. But and from a purely football perspective, you are on. You had the same record as Cheney this year. If you're okay with that and you feel this is an anomaly in just one year, then we'll just go ahead and continue on. Right. But if you feel that that's unacceptable or that we can't have that here at Edinburgh, then maybe something will happen in the future. But only time will tell. Okay. We're going to hit a break, come back, more Borough sports up ahead, women's soccer, volleyball to talk about. They're going and playing past the regular season, postseason, up ahead for women's volleyball and for women's soccer. They're just in the thick of things, and they never want to say never on this season. We'll be back after this to talk about that. Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after here. Tyler Trumbauer and Tubby with you fine folks on a Monday morning. Thank you all for tuning in. It's a beautiful Monday morning in the Borough, Tubby. Um... It is. It's, it's nice. It's sunny out. I think it's going to get to 60 today. About the same tomorrow, too. I'm liking this. I'm telling you, we're going to keep getting through November with this normal November weather, for how I'm used to it. Not how, I mean, we had no. last year. Last year, you know, we had snow by, like, November 7th, like, considerable amount of snow. Yeah, like, waist deep almost. So, to not have, I'm, I'm happy with this. As long as we can get through this semester like this, I'm set. I'm good to go. Yeah. Because then I don't care. It, could, it, yeah. can, it can drop mounds of snow on you folks in the spring semester. Yeah, it, it can Because it like, won't back home. Right. It can look like Hoth here. And I don't know what that means. And if, Star Wars reference. It's okay. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, it can, it can do whatever it wants because, you know, you'll be back in the, in the sunshine and the warmth of the Far East, as I like to call it. Right, and when back in east, if there is snow, like four inches, six inches of snow, everything stops. Even the universities. So th- th- there's a run on milk. There's a run on bread. You guys. No, you do that barric- ahead of time. Barricade yourselves in the. You do that ahead of time. You, the, the day before it snows, that's when you don't go shopping. See, that's why I don't mind living here because it builds character. It toughens the soul. I don't want to be tough. I want to stay warm and not have to. And squishy. And not try to die just driving around town because it's like snowing like crazy and people are driving skills and people are like sometimes you can't help it that's why you guys can't drive over there got it now well we just choose not to drive i mean when it's done it's done no you guys can't drive period even when it's sunny out that's fine 
I mean, it's the <laughs> east. It's the east. It's city. Not a lot of my. I have. I have a great aunt, Tubby, who lives in the city. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about Philly, like Allentown. Yeah. Almost 90 years old now. Never has had her license. She's taking bus and public transportation. There's a lot of people that either a don't ever have mm-hmm. a license or b just don't own a car because there's no need to. Here, right. you just can't take a bus. I'm saying. Well, I used to walk everywhere. I mean, I never got my license until I was 20. Well, that's just weird. But I mean, you can't you can't walk. I mean, if you're in town, you can walk. But I mean, like, there's a lot of suburbs like where I live. I can't walk to places. But a, a lot of people that are just like live in the city, like you live on like 12th Street or something. You're not. There's really no need to. You can walk. You can take public transportation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's just because we can't drive. It's just because a lot of us don't have to. So when we do, we do it very rarely. I know how to drive. So your inexperience is what you're telling me. Sure, because we okay. don't have to, because we don't have to worry about, like, cows being in the road, like you do out here. Not so much the cows, but the deer, yes. Well, we have deer over there. You, how long you have, have dogs. you spent in you the have eastern... Do- you have dogs with horns. How long have... Listen, I am not going to waste time on today's show with your ridiculous comments, because how much have you spent on the eastern side of the state? Have you I lived live, there? Yeah. Well, I lived in Harrisburg. Okay, and that's not in- the eastern side of the state. I was just on Harrisburg on Monday. I know, but let me finish. Okay, you go ahead. In my job working for the National Guard, I spent a lot of time in and out of Philly, in and out of Allentown. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, where else did I have to go? I, up in Scranton. I had okay. to go to Scranton. Scranton is... Oh, well, it's oh, east. City. Right, I got that. I got that. It's, okay. What I'm saying is, is that I have traveled okay. your old stomping grounds. Okay, I've but been you there. haven't... I'm you familiar haven't, with it. You haven't lived there is my, is my thing. But I was there like on an every other day basis. I mean, there wasn't a week that I did, did, did not go by in my life. Of living down there for five years, where I did not go east, okay, for a considerable amount of time. I mean, I used to go up to Allentown all the time. We used to go up to Crocodile Rock when it was. I decent. remember you telling me that, yeah, because you just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Because it was, it was an awesome. It used to be. I mean, it's not now, but it used to be an awesome venue, and I right. used to go see a lot of bands there. I gotcha. I used to go over to Lancaster all the time. Go down there to, uh, I can't remember the name of the joint down there, but anyway, there was a bar down there, the Chameleon. Hey, Yeah. I used to go down there all the time. Now that we figured out what you did with your life, now right. I, can I get back to sports here, please? Yeah, I was waiting for it before until you went into this whole weather, east, west. I was just pirate. trying to mention weather, and you just started going off about how eastern people can't drive. So don't even okay. start with me. I was talking about the weather. We'll go to the tape. We'll review it. But carry on. We Friday need, night, we need girls to take, soccer. We need, it wasn't the night. It just kicked off at noon. Whatever. Do you, I mean. It was night by the time it finished, was it not? It was 4.30. You call that night? Well, I guess maybe by that time you're playing Call of Duty with the wife, so... No, by that time I'm trying to eat something and looking for a nap. Because I'm old. So Edinburgh, going back to Friday, folks, uh, played against Charleston, West Virginia. They were the fourth seed, was Edinburgh in the NCAA tournament, playing West Charleston, West Virginia, the fifth seed. Uh, started at noon, three lightning delays in this bad boy. Horrible weather up here. Luckily, I didn't have to experience it because we were heading to Lancaster, as Tubby met, mentioned just moments ago. It's where we stayed um, over this past weekend, and... Three lightning delays, one of which an hour long. Scoreless after 110 minutes of soccer. Going to penalty kicks, did the ladies. And they won 3-1 to one in penalty kicks, moving on to the next round. And they upset Gannon for the second time this season. The Golden Knights, the fifth-ranked team in the nation as of right then. And they're done now as Edinburgh moves on to the Sweet 16 of the Division II Women's Soccer NCAA Tournament. A 2-1 to one overtime victory. This was scoreless for 
most of the for the entire first half, most of the second half, tied for essentially the entire game until the end because Edinburgh gets a, gets a goal in the 63rd minute. 24 seconds later, Gannon knots it up. Ashley Mutkus with a great shot, and then Manny Breckner comes back, one of the best players in the conference this year for Gannon, and overall a header into the net, tied it one to one, goes to overtime. Haley Hammer slides forward, gets a foot on this one, just pushes the ball past Shannon Differ, the goalie for Gannon, and the Scots in upset fashion in overtime. 192, 93 minutes of soccer play. Mm-hmm. Moving on to their first Sweet 16 and playing for the Atlantic Region Championship against none other than the East Stroudsburg Warriors, Tubby, who they faced in the PSAC Championship. It's redemption time. That's what it is. I mean, it's unfinished business. And I, I believe that these girls are fired up, and I'm excited to see what our women can do, you know, going in. Fired up, ready to go, get some payback against East Stroudsburg. And that's that's going to be fun. Uh, did they did they finalize the de- details for that? Is it is it on Friday? Well, it's been known that it's on Friday for the entire time. Um, it's, but they just don't know the time. They do not know the time. According to GoFightingScots.com, it's saying they play Friday at two p.m. However, I'm not buying that. Um, because on NCAA.com, it still has no, does not have a time. And also, the other game that is on that field, um, Bridgeport and Adelphi, the, cha- the East Region Championship, is at 2.30. So you're not going to be able to play a game at 2 o'clock. No. Um, unless that changes. But we, they should find out the time either today, early tomorrow morning. I know Coach Kagiavis has a conference call with the NCAA tomorrow morning to finalize some stuff and all of that. So Haley Hammer, the freshman, her ninth goal of the year, sends the Scots to that. And don't and East Stroudsburg, the only sixth seed in the entire bracket to make it to the regional champion, to the Sweet 16. And also, the combined seed, so ESU being six, Burrow being four, is the highest combined seed um, in all of the region championships. So the mess, the rest of them are, are higher seeds. If you go to the east, it's the one and the two seed. You go to the other side, it's the one and two seed. You go there, it is the one and the two seed. You go there, it's one and the two seed. One and the two seed. That's all I see. And then we got six and four. Five and two is one of them. The rest, top seeds, except for here. We have six and four, Edinburgh, East Stroudsburg. So that game, time to be determined. We'll figure that out. Probably have it for you tomorrow morning on the morning after. And... That game will be played in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Well, that's a trip. Right. So, I think it's about seven and a half hours. I checked that one out on MapQuest. Oh, that's a good job out of you. Thank you. It's 476 miles Yikes. to Bridgeport, Connecticut. So, we'll see. Adelphi, that's about that's a Philly area school who beat Philadelphia University 1-0 uh, yesterday to advanced so we'll see about that we'll talk about that as it goes along of course great time for them we had that call yesterday on 88.9 and it's uncertain as of now if wfse will be calling that game one can only hope that would be excellent i would i would love to hear you guys on the call that would be that would make my day that would make my friday evening yeah probably friday afternoon my guess is a noon kick because otherwise you're kicking off at like 4 35 o'clock and it's like dark Right. By then. Right. And cold. It's Connecticut. It's Connecticut. So we'll have to see. So I'm thinking it's going to be a noon kick, but still to be determined on that front. 
And uh, real quick for volleyball before we hit our second break here in the show and then come back and get to the National Football League, which we're barely going to have time to talk about for as much as we need to talk about in the National Football League. Uh, Borough Women's Volleyball has qualified as the top seed in the PSAC tournament. And they will play number four, California University of Pennsylvania, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Macomb Fieldhouse. Right here. In the borough. Right here in the borough and right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio as well as ETV, EdinburghNow.com, Edinburgh.tv online for the video stream and the TuneIn app on mobile devices. Yours truly as well as Drew Patrick. Who? On the call for that matchup. Should be a good one. Cal just beat Burrow in the regular season finale on Saturday in five sets. Took him five sets, yeah. Cal went all the way pretty far in the PSAC tournament a year ago, and then now they are coming into Macomb Field at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night, which should be a good one. And then the Scots play would play again on Thursday, I believe it is, and that is, that is the final four of the PSAC bracket, and that is played at the highest remaining seed in the Eastern Division, which is right now the top seed in the East is UPJ, Pitt-Johnstown, the defending conference champions. So we'll have to see the ladies coming in hot. Great season by them. A lot of record-setting regular season for the ladies. However, LaToya Hutchinson nursing an injury as of late here in the late stages of the regular season. Hopefully she is able to go uh, full strength and start on Tuesday because she really is a difference maker for that Fighting Scott squad. So once again, that is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. So to look ahead at the week here. Mm-hmm. of what we got for Borough Sports on 88.9 before we hit a break and get to Pro Sports. We have tomorrow night, Borough Women's Volleyball versus Cal, PSAC quarterfinals, 7 o'clock, right here on 88.9, Tuesday night. Tuesday. Wednesday night, PSAC opener, home opener, and season opener for the men only against Slippery Rock and what should be a great matchup for both games. Of course, SRU beat Edinburgh three times last year, including right. in the PSAC playoffs to oust the Scots in ups in a close match at Morrow Fieldhouse at SRU. That is a doubleheader. Women 5.30, men 7.30. So 5.15 pregame coverage gets underway with Mike Fenner as long as he feels better. And yours truly I know the, the men. Air. I know the men are really excited for this game. This is like a rivalry game to them. I mean, there's like... Well, it's Slippery Rock. I know. So they're, they're pumped for this one. I'm, I've talked to several of them, and I'm... I don't know. I, I know I'm tuning in Wednesday to hear that game. Just my Saturday, thoughts. basketball home again. Welcomes Kutztown, 1 o'clock women, 3 o'clock men. Mike and I have the call here in 88.9. And on Sunday, they host Mansfield, 1 o'clock women, 3 o'clock men. So right now we got four games... Well, four events to call. You count the double headers, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games that I'm going to be calling in the next six days. Six days. So topping your old record. Topping my old record of four and seven days. So good stuff there, and hopefully, hopefully, soccer on Friday. Hopefully, but we'll keep you posted if anything changes on that front. As far as if we are going to be tagging along with Borough Women's Soccer to Connecticut for Friday. We'll let you know about that. But we're going to hit a break, come back, wrap things up here on the show, and we're just going to talk NFL. And I am got two things. One, I pulled a tubby yesterday, but not out of choice, out of necessity. And two, I'm going to admit tubby was right. That and more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. 
Welcome on back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Thank you all for tuning in. It's the morning after. Tyler Trumbauer, Tubby with you fine folks on a Monday morning. EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on mobile devices. We appreciate the time as always. I said in the opening that we were hoping to hear from head coach Gary Kagiavis today. Uh, unable to do so. Hopefully get him uh, get to hear from him tomorrow right here on the show. Uh, with Chewy coming back in, we'll have plenty of NBA talks. It's been a while since we talked that because last Thursday when Chewy was here, we had to move our football Friday to a Thursday, and we had Tom Reisenweber, Mike Fenner. Luckily, we didn't have Josh Gleason because we just barely had any time for anything on Thursday. So anyway, we'll have him coming back, hitting the hardwood, the like, and uh, Burroughs Soccer Talk and some other stuff sprinkled on in there on a Tuesday edition of the morning after. As we roll along, just a few more shows remaining here in this semester, uh, Tubby, just, you know, before you know it, it'll be over. Yep. So we got, what, the rest of this week, next Monday, no show next Tuesday. Well, you're never here anyway. Yeah. Because you work part-time. And then we have the following week, and that's it. That's it. So we have four shows this week, one next week, five after that. So that's ten more shows after today. The countdown is on. Yep. Man. What a long, what a strange trip it's been. That's to say, say the least. Right. So let's go now to the National Football League, where it was an interesting trip yesterday in the Here NFL. Here we go. Uh, just uh, looking at the scores, because I'm going to say I pulled a tubby because I watched about 10 minutes of football yesterday. Wow. See, and meanwhile, I was trying to get up on your level. Not only did I watch my game, I watched the majority of the 4 o'clock game, tried to check in on the Sunday evening game, was watching the stats through NFL.com, trying to take notes, trying to be well-prepared coming in on an NFL morning after Monday. Well, I could still probably debate with you without watching the National Football League. Probably. So it's not that I'm catastrophically unprepared know, for class. I know, but I'm just saying that I made an effort. What do you want me to do, give you a gold star? No, I just... Wanted to tell you that I made an effort. Exactly. Well, you had to tell me. Like it's. Well, yeah, because I didn't want you to assume that I just pulled my usual tubby stuff. Don't wasn't assuming anything. Okay. I was not assuming anything at all. All right, let's get into it. Where do you want to start? But no, I'm gonna say I'm gonna finish it to say that I wasn't just lounging around playing Call of Duty with the wife like you do on a Sunday, or choose to watch the Food Network or the Golden Girls. Okay. Okay. I was obviously doing soccer and had other things mm-hmm. to do, so I had stuff. So I just want to clarify that. But let us I just want to start off with this. You were right on the Minnesota Vikings. Thank they you. beat Oakland 30-14 to 14 yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Adrian Peterson, 203 yards on the ground. The Vikings are now 7-2 and two in first in the NFC North. Alone. Alone atop that division with the Packers, what, is losing three straight now? Yes, three straight. <sighs> First time Detroit beat Green Bay in Green Bay since 1991. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. A long time. I don't know what's happening to Green Bay. Because Detroit's bad. They are. 18-16 is not a good game. And their defense isn't, I mean, by all means, Aaron Rodgers should have lit them up like a Christmas tree. Right. Because their defense is horrid. Correct. And he couldn't get it done. Right. It's unfortunate. It really is. 
Uh, but no, I'm going to give you that. The Minnesota Vikings are legit. I'm not sure if they're going to sneak into the playoffs because the Packers, if they can turn it around, I think there's going to be divisional games down the stretch that could decide that. But Minnesota at 7-2, and two, 110%, a legitimate contender in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So, Which is good for them. It's like a- Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll take that. I mean, it's work. like the first time in forever, and, and as a Browns fan, seeing a team that's usually a perennial basement dweller do so well this year gives me a little glimmer of hope. It can happen. It can happen. So the Browns, they did lose 30-9 to Pittsburgh yesterday. Despicable. That's – I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. No, and I, it's horrible. And, and everybody is calling for them to blow it up again. Fire Farmer, fire Petten, get rid of everybody, and start all over again. Because that's well worked so well for us since 1999. So let me ask you this question. You, you Brown fans that are calling for it to be blown up, mm-hmm. who do you want at, at, quarter, or I mean at coach? Who do you want as your head coach? I don't know. I mean, I obviously know. you guys, you Browns fans, aren't going to have the... I mean, the pickings are slim in my mind, but I think what they're going for is they want to try to get like maybe Wisenhunt, who's now jobless. He was three and twenty in his last twenty-three games as a head coach. I know it, but maybe there's. He was a- about to go to Browns last time. I know, and you didn't want him. I know it. I know. I I don't understand. I mean, normally I can empathize and I can see the other side of the argument. Okay, this time I can't. I honestly cannot see the other side of the argument. I'm for keeping Petten. I'm for keeping Farmer. I think maybe our defensive coordinator needs to be looked at, and our scouting staff needs to be looked at. But other than that, I say keep it. I mean, if you look at the Steelers, who we always hold as Browns fans as the example of stability and what they have to do, Chuck Knoll in his first three seasons was horrible. Horrible yeah. before he turned it around. Right. And this is only year two of Petten. Why not give the guy four years to try to make something of it? Andy Reid was 2-14 and 14 with the Eagles in early on. I mean, a lot of good coaches aren't going to have it right out of the gate. Exactly, because you're still trying to clean up from the old administration. I mean, half of these picks that haven't worked out aren't Farmer's picks. They're not Petten's picks. So I, I just think they need to stop trying to find the diamond in the rough through the draft and just pick the obvious pick. And that would fix a lot of things. But that's my opinion. And apparently, according to Twitter, Tubby is wrong and Tubby is alone on an island. Well, that's why you don't go to Twitter to to, to debate people. Do you see me on Twitter debating people? Do you see no. me tweeting Greeny and Golick like you do and expect them to respond? No, I don't expect them to respond. So then why waste your time? Because it's fun. I got I got things to do in life. I know. But I'm old and I don't, and the small things entertain me. So Cleveland's in trouble. Yep. You know who else is in trouble? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. They lost to the Miami Dolphins 20 to 19. They're up 16-3, Tubby. I know it. Lose 2019. Gave the game away. And here's my here's my note on the Eagles. Okay. In 2013, so mm-hmm. two years ago, the first year of the Chip Kelly era in Philadelphia. Through 10 games, or 10 weeks, I should say. Because some people have to buy, they only play nine games. The NFC East did not have a team over 500 through the first 10 weeks of the season. Not a single team. Not one. It was over 500. The same is true right now. Mm-hmm. The Eagles won that division in 2013. 
So there's your glimmer of hope if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. However, I don't care. I don't care if they win the division. The Philadelphia Eagles can come on strong in the second half, figure whatever the nonsense is going on there out with Sam Bradford and company, and win the NFC East, and I won't care. Sure, I'll watch every week that I can. Sure, I'll root for an Eagles victory. Sure, I want them to go undefeated the rest of the way and win the NFC East title because I'm a fan and because the Eagles are my team and I like football. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not going to be jumping for joy. I'm not going to be uberly optimistic about the Eagles because of that because they're not a good football team. They are better than the crap that's in the NFC East. That's all they would be if they won the divisional title. And they would host a home playoff game like they did two years ago and get beaten by the Saints, who were a wild card team, in a crappy NFC South two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. So if they so they'll they'll play a they'll play a playoff team in that first round at home. Right. And they'll lose. Or if they win, they'll go into the next round and play an even better team in the divisional round. And get and get and lose. So you're saying it's like being the shiniest car in the scrap metal yard, right? It's the Eagles are not a good football team. The no. Eagles are not an improved football team. Sam Bradford is not a good quarterback for Philadelphia. I'm not even quite sure he's a good quarterback for the National Football League. I would agree with that. But Mark Sanchez didn't look very good yesterday either. No, he did not. So Sam Bradford's hurt. Shoulder, concussion situation. Chip Kelly won't talk about the shoulder. Keeps talking about the concussion. Report's coming out. We don't know the timetable in Bradford right now. So you might have to go with Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez was all right in certain starts a year ago. Right. But at this point in time, I don't care. But, I mean, in your hope, I mean, at the beginning of the season, you did tell me that Sanchez could win more games than Johnny Manziel. Right. So I guess we're about to prove that point. Because he's now the starting, well, hopefully. No, 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 no. That's not proving the point. I'm talking from day one of camp, Johnny Manziel walks in, and he's QB1, and Mark Sanchez walks in, and he's QB1, and they're healthy 17 weeks, and they play 16 games, and Mark Sanchez wins more games than Johnny Manziel. Not Johnny Manziel coming in here and there when he's sober and can play quarterback. Not when Mark Sanchez could come in here and put a helmet on his, on his gelled and manicured hair on the sidelines when Sam Bradford, the doofus, goes down with an injury. That's not, That's not proving giving the them point. a fair shake. That's not proving the point. Okay. So to fix the Eagles, right, so, you, you, need, so you need to feel that your sentiment is, is that Chip Kelly has to find his quarterback either through the draft or through free agency. I don't know what needs to happen. I really don't know. The running back situation is interesting because you paid a lot of money to DeMarco Murray, and he's not fitting into the system. You need some offensive line help. Linebacking core is getting hurt. Jordan Hicks, a great young guy they got in the fourth round, is now out for the year with a torn pack. Could Kaepernick be Kelly's guy? He'd Potentially. Be on the I, I'm down with that. I'm down with trading at. Or maybe even picking up RG3? No, RG3's a bum. He's done? Art, I'm not saying he's dumb, but he's not going to Philly. No. Chip Kelly wouldn't put up with that. Okay. He's ridiculous. The way he goes to Twitter and does different things. The no. prima donna s. Yeah, he's 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 a bum. I'm down with Kaepernick, but Kaepernick doesn't. Kaepernick looks like he could be a goon too. But I mean, I think he fits better in the system. But I mean, I don't know. The Chip Kelly's ticking me off right now. Okay. But Denver losing twenty nine to thirteen. Imagine this on the same day that Peyton Manning becomes the all time what passing yards leader, right? Gets benched. 
Four picks. Apparently, he has ankle issues. Apparently. According to Adam Schefter, he has a torn plantar fascia in his right foot and had trouble walking last week. So, not your ankle, your foot. Yeah. Peyton Manning's done after this year. He has to be. He has to be. I would agree. He's not even, even when he's healthy, he's not the same Peyton Manning. Nope. It has nothing to do with that neck neck injury that, that... you know, no. and that put him out in Indianapolis. No. His, it, it's not his. It's not his mind. It's or his arm. I believe the rest of his body is just failing him at this point. He's just old. Yeah, it's just the way he is. He's he's aged. Maybe not as gracefully as Tom Brady, who's just still killing it. Right. But Tom Brady also has a heck of a lot more weapons. I think he's got more playmakers than he does. Better offensive line. Yeah, and Peyton Manning's just not able to do what he used to do. No, I agree. That's unfortunate. Because he was a good guy and see him coming to end end there. But Dallas losing to Tampa Bay. 10 to 6. Gosh. It, this is the end. The NFC East is terrible. They and just the, don't want to win it. it and, it's like nobody wants to win this thing. Well, put it this way this is an interesting stat. The Cowboys, okay, what have they lost? Like six straight and seven straight now, I think, with that loss yesterday? Mm-hmm. Have not won a game without Tony Romo and have not won a game. With Greg Hardy. Think about that. Remember, he was suspended the first four Oh, yeah. Yep. Have not won a game without Tony Romo and have not won a game with Greg Hardy. But the saving grace for the Dallas Cowboys next week is week 11, the first week that Tony Romo is eligible to come back. Speaking of the South, the Redskins roll over the Saints. 47-14. 47-14 over the Saints. Saints aren't good. Kirk Cousins is all right at quarterback. But the skins? But the skins? Kirk Cousins. You're telling me the skins? What's wrong with the skins? At 47 over 14? They're horrible. Horrible. I wouldn't say they're horrible. Horrible. I wouldn't say they're horrible. Give me, I mean, Detroit is horrible. Chicago is horrible. And they won. Who won 37-13 over the Rams? The Rams aren't that good either. They were on an upswing. The Rams aren't that good. Listen, okay. if you look at what Chicago has Jay Cutler, all right? We're running out of time here, but real, we are. real quick. We no. should extend the show. Jay Cutler is your quarterback. You right. expect more. When Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you expect less. So when you get that kind of win from the Redskins, that's good. When you get that kind of win from the, from the Bears, that's status quo. It's who you have at quarterback because it's a quarterback-driven lead. We'll talk about that more on Wednesday and the other stuff with Tubby. That's all for us today. Thank you all for tuning in. As uh, We'll be back tomorrow morning with... Chewy and myself, check our podcast out later. And uh, Wednesday, of course, Tubby will be back. Tuesday night, volleyball. Wednesday, basketball. Weekend, basketball. Great stuff up ahead. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great day.